a lot of diagnosticians will judge someone's autisticness based on whether or not they are quote unquote social. Mm. And this is the thing because we are all social creatures. There is no creature on earth who says, yes, I want to be alone all the time forever, always, unless they've been traumatized to hell. Right. And even, even, even my homie Frankenstein, uh, the Frankenstein monster, uh, wanted someone like him. Episode 57. Community is autistic. Welcome to the Autistic Culture Podcast. Each episode, we dive deep into autistic contributions to society and culture by introducing you to some of the world's most famous and successful autistics in history. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer on how we use the word autistic. The purpose of this show is not to diagnose the people or characters we discuss as autistic. While some may have announced being autistic, what we're really sharing here is our observation of what is representative of autistic culture. It can sometimes be difficult for autistic people to celebrate our natural tendencies and traits due to the perception of autism as a disorder that needs to be fixed, a long history of damaging medical interventions to get autistics to fit in with mainstream culture, and protective masking skills many of us have developed to try to stay safe. Whether you are autistic or just love someone who is, your hosts, Dr. Angela Loria, the linguistic autistic. And licensed psychological practitioner, Matt Lowry, welcome you to take this time to be fully immersed in the language, values, traditions, norms, and identity of Autistica. Autistica. Hey, Angela. Hey, Matt. Oh man, yeah, we got I, a fun one today. I I saw your mug. Hold that baby up. I thought so. I was like, hey, that's not an autistic culture podcast mug from T Public. That's a Troy and Abed mug. Are we talking about Troy and Abed today? I so so this has been one community is and has been possibly my favorite show uh, for for the past, what, it's been a decade now. And uh, mm. I've kind of been waiting for the right time to put on it. Because again, okay, so, so a long, long time ago, there was uh, this brilliant... Uh, Okay, so all the episodes of Community are brilliant, except for season four, but we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> there, there was this brilliant episode because they decided to do a clip show, but all of the clips were to episodes that never happened. I love so, it. I love it. <laughs> and, and it's fantastic because you take the clips out of context, like, you know, uh, they're all dressed as leprechauns for some reason, and they, you know, have a little bit of dialogue, or, you know, they're they're dragging a deflated uh, uh, raft out of the water, and Troy screams, I've seen enough cartoons to know that when you pop the back of a raft, it goes faster. And, <laughs> you know, so there is... So there's wait, a, for, before we get, we gotta, we gotta go back and do an overview, but um, we just, we love a little easter egg we so do we I, do i i remember when i was in high school i was doing the show hamlet i was playing polonius and around that time i read rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead and oh, yes. which tom stoppard you know he's one of us i'm sure of it so uh the whole of rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead 
is an inside joke on Hamlet, which is filled with inside jokes, which if you have performed in Hamlet are hysterical. And if you do not know the show particularly well are just like sort of bizarre and maybe vaguely interesting. And I feel like this is such a classic of our culture. Like if you're watching that clip show, it makes no sense. But if you know the show inside and out, it's like there's just nothing more fulfilling or soul filled or autistic joy on ice. And th- this this is the core of why uh, community is an autistic love fest, because mm-hmm. every single episode has a different genre, uh, uh, homages a different movie, o- homages a different uh, scenario. And there's all sorts of Easter eggs throughout uh, about this. And and so this leads us to why. Why now? Uh, so so in this clip show, uh, Abed was uh, talking about his favorite show, The Cape which was a, a show on at the time, canceled after like one season. But Abed wanted more. So uh, he became adamant and his catchphrase became six seasons and a movie. And that <laughs> became the rallying cry of community fans everywhere because we wanted six seasons in a movie. And as prophesized, we finally got the six seasons, but we still didn't have the movie. So now, uh, yesterday, uh, as of the day that we are uh, recording this, Donald Glover revealed the plot of the community movie that we'll be shooting as soon as po- it was going to shoot last year, but the writer's strike happened. So they obviously didn't you know, strike because the writer's strike, or they didn't record because of the writer's strike, but they're planning on shooting it this year and releasing it on Peacock later in 2014 for an anniversary show. So the, the plot of the community movie as revealed by Donald Glover is that Abed, our, our favorite autistic protagonist, we'll get into him in a moment. If you, if you haven't seen the show, you're in for a ride. So, so Abed Nadir, is clearly autistic. Uh, and uh, he, after the show, went on to become a fil- famous film director. So he's coming back to Greendale Community College to do a documentary about the reunion. So it's a reunion show meta. about a reunion. So meta. it's very, so meta. It, it's, <laughs> it's so meta. And oh my God, yes, of course that works. So <laughs> with, with that, that, it's with that, it says, oh yes, we've got enough information here to get people people excited so you can have time to binge the first six seasons right. or at least binge it up uh, before the movie <laughs> yes so you will be in the know and you will know the easter eggs and you will be equally delighted by whatever movie is coming because again keep in mind so the the community series uh and uh all of these people are supposed to return include such people as John Oliver, Donald Glover, Jim Rash, mm. Kim Jong, Joel McHale. And it was directed by the Russo brothers who directed two of the biggest movies of all time, uh, Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. And okay, makes sense. They, I didn't yeah, know they, they were involved. Yeah, they, they got their start on Arrested Development and Community. And for for the first three years of Community. So, so OK, so let's go back to the beginning here. Yeah, OK. Community is a show about a community college, and it was created by autistic man Dan Harmon, who didn't know he was autistic when he started writing it. But uh, he he saw him. He, he wrote it about his own experience at a community college, and he saw himself as somewhat of an asshole. So he uh, he decided to include character names like uh 
uh, let's see here, Abed, based on his friend Abed Geith, uh, and uh, Jeff, based on his friend Jeff B. Davis from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Mm, so he, he decided... He, he made himself the Jeff character because Jeff is a failed lawyer who, you know, did not have a bachelor's degree, but went to law school and he's conned his way through everything. And he's a big liar. And he he's he's Joel McHale being as smarmy as he can possibly be. And while he was doing this, he decided to include the character of Abed, but he didn't base it on his friend Abed. He decided to. Uh, so, OK, so. The, the plot of the first community episode in the first two minutes, uh, Jeff asks, what's the deal with a hot girl from Spanish class? Abed says, I only talked to her once while she was borrowing a pencil, but her name is British. She's 28. Her birthday's in October. She has two older brothers. One of them works with children who has a disorder that I might want to look up. And then later in the episode, Jeff screams, and you have Asperger's. And so uh, it turns out that Oh, and folks, two thousand nine Asperger's. Yeah, that, that we know was the diagnosis. Yeah. We got it. You don't need to send us notes. We're with you. We don't use that word anymore. It exactly. was two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah, uh, the the world has changed in the past decade and a half. In good but, ways. Well, in, good in some ways. terrible ways, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> for autistic and, advocates, in good ways. <laughs> and and that's the thing. So, uh, in in creating this character of Abed. Uh, Dan Harmon tapped into something in himself because Dan Harmon sees the world as a collection of movie references and tropes and puts all of his writing in trope form. He relates to other people as tropes, as bits. If you watch the fantastic documentary Harmontown, you will see this in action. Uh, one time during the recording of his Harmontown podcast, uh, he said, hey, anybody want to play Dungeons and Dragons? And autistic dungeon master extraordinaire Spencer Crittenden says, I would like to play. And he just happened to bring all this D&D material, the big thing of dice, and they became the best of the friends forever. So uh, but as as Dan Harmon was continuing to write this character of Abed, who saw the world as movie tropes, just like Dan Harmon does, people kept saying, you know, that, that that guy's really, really autistic. And he said, well, you know, he's kind of based on me. And like, I think that you're autistic. <laughs> and so uh, there is a, uh, a quote here. Uh, and let's see here, because I've got so many quotes. Uh, let's see. Hit me with it. Or I'm going to start uh, oh, telling you how it, I see the world in Crowded House lyrics and here, assign a, songs to everyone. Okay. Uh, here, you want me to- yeah, here's a quote from Dan Harmon, and you can read that while I find the other quote. Uh, okay. Uh, this is actually, I think, about Dan Harmon, but it says, Dan Harmon, who suffers from Asperger's syndrome, this is me suffering from Asperger's syndrome here, appeared to be the perfect fit for Danny Pudi's portrayal of an autistic character. He tends to relate more to the film and the television industry than to people, and he lacks the ability to comprehend other people's feelings. Okay. Uh, when Harmon began writing Community, he assumed that Winger would be the most fitting character to represent the show. Abed, a character on Community, is a fictional character created by Dan Harmon. He assumed he was inserting himself into his show unintentionally, and he took online Asperger's tests and concluded he might be on the spectrum, as and, many and of here, us did. 
In the show notes, we've included a link to a YouTube video where he's talking to, I believe, Kevin Pollack about this moment. And this is what he said about that. He said, I remember you saying on the podcast that you diagnosed yourself as autistic based on an online quiz. While I was researching autism, I was taking these quizzes and I was like, oh, I have something in common with this character that I'm trying to get accurate. I definitely don't think that an online quiz or someone's gut feeling should be used for diagnosis. I would like your thoughts on that last part. That's how I originally figured out my own self-diagnosis. Well, that's the thing. Uh, And he's even talked to Steve Silberman of uh, Neurotribes on his podcast. Mm -hmm. And he keeps downplaying this because... One of the things about the fans of the show and the fans of, uh, uh, as you know, it says on here that there's a lot of autistic fans who relate to the show. There's a lot of autistic fans who uh, are fans of Harmontown and Dan Harmon's works. And Rick uh, and Morty. He, uh, oh, God, Rick and Morty is so autistic. And Rick and Morty is all about Dan Harmon's personal experience with being a giant jerk in his relationships, uh, being an alcoholic, and uh, just feeling alienated and traumatized. And then he started going to therapy because he went through like eight therapists that didn't work and he was very turned off of therapy. And then he finally found someone who did work. So Mm -hmm. exactly. So now that uh, he's healing, Rick on the show is also healing in in, relation. But, but this is the thing. Uh, He, he realized that uh, a lot of people went through a lot of effort because we live in a world where getting an autism, it turns out only like three, uh, licenses can diagnose autism professionally. I just oh, have yeah. to be Let's one talk of them. about, yeah. So one is like a neuropsychologist. Is that yeah. what it is? Neuro yeah. something. And then what are the others? Uh, PhD, PsyD, and LPP. And mm-hmm. I happen to be an LPP because I, I, I just you didn't want to supervise people. I am, <laughs> you know me. And <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Uh, it's it's so hard to get an official diagnosis. So every time he talks about this, he downplays his own self-diagnosis because he's heard these horror stories about people spending thousands of dollars to be professionally assessed uh, to right. get that diagnosis. And Wait, do he you does... know my story? Do you know my diagnosis tell, story? Tell us your story. So I uh, heard an episode of This American Life that had Dave Finch from Uniquely Human on it and uh, his wife, Kristen Finch, and they were talking about how he took an online quiz. They mentioned that in the show notes of their podcast. At the time I heard it, it was a radio show. I took the quiz. It is very clear to me, everybody who took that quiz would get a score with flying colors like I did. I was like, I aced that shit. And so I had my uh, parenting partner, Mila, take the test. I got like a 96. She got like a five. And I was (laughs) like, what in the hell? So I learned something about you today. The beginning, I was like, oh, my God, this explains so much. And then um, I was in the I gotten I believed I had gotten wrongfully terminated from work. So I went to a lawyer about uh, wrongful termination, thinking it was um, actually like uh, discrimination based on my gender, something like that. Anyway, he's like, oh, I think that you at the time he said have Asperger's, um, but I think you're autistic. And I work with a guy 
who can diagnose you. And so in order for us to do, we're going to do an ADA lawsuit. In order for us to do this, I need an official diagnosis. That guy was a psychiatrist. I went to him once. He asked me six questions and then wrote down on a paper, she's autistic, so I can take it to my doctor or to my lawyer so we could do this lawsuit. And so, and I paid him 500 bucks. Now, so many people's diagnosis story is so traumatic and they are looking for this validation. I know the way you do diagnosis gives people so much clarity. And, and, um, but to me, that was just a whole nother level of imposter syndrome because I was like, oh, this guy gets some sort of kickback from the lawyer. Yeah. And so I didn't think I, I thought I was less autistic after I got that diagnosis, even though I have an official diagnosis, I would say like my peer reviews and my self-assessment are much more accurate than some guy who is probably getting a kickback from a lawyer, but happened to have one of the three right degrees to yeah. collect said kickback. I do not know if there was a kickback, but so when people ask me if I'm professionally diagnosed, which is an annoying fucking question, I'm like, yes. But that wasn't the good one. The good one was yeah. when I listened to Dave Finch on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Well, Dave Finch talks about like the it factor uh, because you either get it, you want to get it, or you don't get it. Right. And that's that's the thing about it. And this is this is the thing about like, again, in in our community, we mm-hmm. vibe. We, we can peer review people and we can say, we get it. We, you are one of us because you got this trait, this trait, this trait, this trait, this trait, because we do the bottom up process and we pick all these other individual traits and we put them all together and we say, yes, you're one of us. And, and this is, and this is what Dan Harmon did with himself because, uh, he talks about how, you know, all these people would, you know, say this and this. And, he, uh, I don't know if he took the, like the cat Q or the rads R or whatever, but hmm. he came to the conclusion that he does, in fact, he is autistic. Uh, again, back in the day, Aspie, but, uh, as, uh, we we no longer use the term Aspergers. We no longer use the term Aspie because Hans Asperger turns out he was a giant Nazi, so we don't use those terms. But again, back when Dan Harmon and Danny Pudi are talking about these terms, I myself identified as Aspie, Me and too. I was I was in the closet for many many years with that. But but this is the thing about this. He he saw this. We love hearing from our listeners. So head over to this episode on Substack and leave us your comment. It's autisticculture, all one word, dot substack.com. That's autisticculture.substack.com. So for the first 20 episodes, uh, Jeff, Joel McHale's character, is the lead character. He is the protagonist of the show. He's the driving force of the show. He's got this bunch of weirdos. And as it originally stood, uh, Donald Glover played a jock named Troy. Uh, uh, Oh, man. Uh, Allison Brie played Annie, who... A little tightly wound. Uh, oh, oh God, who Britta? Oh, oh God, she's probably Annie. Uh, no. uh, Annie. Uh, uh, Annie's probably. Uh, Jillian like, Jacobs. I, I don't know. Jillian Jacobs. Yes, yeah. yes, she's probably autistic in real life, but uh, she played Britta, and originally Britta was the just generically hot female character that you know Jeff would pursue. Uh, Shirley was the mom of two kids. 
uh, later became incredibly more complex. Oh God, wait, surely. Oh, I need Yvette, to pull up IMDb. Brown. Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, uh, Danny Pudi is Abed. We we will discuss Abed far, far more because he is a wonder, possibly the greatest character in the history of television. Uh, oh man, who else? Uh, Jim Rash as the Dean. Kim Jong as... Uh, uh, ben Chang. Uh, yes, Chang, Chang, God. Yes. Uh, who am I missing? Am I missing anybody? Spanish, the, the Asian yeah. Spanish Senior teacher, Chang. right? Yeah, yeah. Senior Chang. I love uh, and it. His, so good. his brother is Rabbi Chang. So mm-hmm. it's just, they're, they're great. Uh, it's it's just fantastic. And, so, and then so, Chevy Chase. Did you course, talk about Chevy Chase? Uh, Chevy Chase. Oh, God. So, so Chevy Chase, again, uh, originally one of Dan Harmon's idols, later his arch nemesis. And uh, every one of them had this role as originally intended but as the show continued all of the characters evolved to fit the person who played them as all good tv shows do Mm. and so as the season went on uh they originally had 20 episodes but nbc said hey it's doing good can we have five more so when they were writing episode 21 everything changed because as they were going through all these episodes, Dan Harmon was saying, I think, I think I might be autistic or or Aspie. I think I might be autistic. I think I might be autistic. I think I relate more to Abed than to Jeff. And then in episode 21, Abed takes over. Uh, Episode 21 is a riff on Goodfellas where they decide to uh, uh, control the chicken fingers market at Greendale Community College. And there is a conversation between Jeff and Abed where they say, yeah, we're like Knight, we're like Michael Knight and Kit. (laughs) And then they couldn't agree on they couldn't agree on who's the driver and who's the car. And this was Dan Harmon in his brain. That's the moment he switched over and realized that he's Abed, not Not Jeff. Jeff. So that's when Abed became the protagonist of the show. So this is the thing about Abed. Abed uh, is of two worlds. Uh, He's played by Danny Pudi, who is half uh, 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 Indian and half Polish. His dad is Indian. His mom is Polish. But on the show, since uh, he's based on Dan Harmon's friend Abed, he Abed in the show is half Palestinian Gazan and half Polish because his uh, father is from Gaza, which uh, uh, given the current situation of the world, that might be a big factor in the movie. Uh, and his mother is oh, Polish, meaning true. that he's uh, meaning that he's Muslim by religion, but he also loves to celebrate Christmas because his mom loved Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Aww. So he's he is he is already walking between two worlds. He never quite fit in either, and he never quite fit in anywhere else because he's quite obviously autistic. Mm. And throughout the show, they make several references to him being on the spectrum, to the way that he processes the world, to the way that he... Uh, there, there's an episode that is a riff on RoboCop because all of his female friends are being bullied by other women so he decides to go into full-on cat mode and just use his bottom-up processing to viciously catty uh all all the other women like you know talking about how their lips are too big or their eyes are too small and pointing out all these details and he becomes a threat to himself so he has to self-destruct because he doesn't want to be that kind of catty person but it, it he he is a character that is a fantastic autistic role model because he doesn't have what we call Pinocchio syndrome. Oh. Uh, do you know what Pinocchio syndrome is? I don't know. Do I have it? Is it that your nose gets bigger when you lie? 
Pinocchio syndrome is a character uh, is a trait commonly found in a lot of autistically coded characters where they say, I wish I was a real boy and they want to be neurotypical and they want to have emotions and they Mm -hmm. want to have parties and they want to whatever. Abed does not care about any of that. Mm -hmm. He wants to, he wants to watch movies with his friends. He wants to watch inspector space time. He wants to, he wants to have all of the things he wants. He just wants to help his friends. He wants to do right by his friends. He has a community. Mm -hmm. And again, according to Dan Harmon and all of us, uh, we, we, we are social creatures. We all need a community. And contrary to popular belief, because again, there's a lot of, and uh, I'm getting ready to do a learn, play, thrive uh, training on how to do an autism affirming diagnosis instead Ooh. of the terrible diagnoses that many people get. Ooh. And one of the things that I point out in all this is that a lot of diagnosticians will judge someone's autisticness based on whether or not they are quote unquote social. Mm. And this is the thing, because we are all social creatures. There is no creature on earth who says, yes, I want to be alone all the time, forever, always, unless they've been traumatized to hell. Right. And even even my, even my homie Frankenstein, well, the Frankenstein monster, uh, wanted Matt is someone now holding like him. His, holding his Frankenstein. And if you are a paid subscriber to the Autistic Culture Podcast, you will know about Matt's love of Frankenstein. From our exclusive book club, just for our paid members. So he he's taken out all his toys, but just one for you now. If you're watching on video, exactly. Yeah, yeah. D- d- check us out, and uh, yeah. Uh, if you would like to hear my rant about why Frankenstein is the greatest book of all time, please join us. That is available. Um, I think we need to stop here for a minute and talk about. There was a quote that I read earlier where. Uh, Dan Harmon is referring to he lacks the ability to comprehend others' feelings. And talking about this sense of community, I think we should take a little wander into the theory of mind. Would you like to share oh, theory of mind? Okay, that, so. that brilliant idea that works so well for our people. And then we will yeah, tell yeah. you the story. So the theory of mind is this bullshit that says that... Okay, so when I worked in community mental health and I I publicly apologized for the bad evaluations I did in community mental health because my supervisor forced me to include theory of mind tests and then would reject <laughs> autism diagnoses based on the ability to complete these tests. So I I publicly apologize if if I offended you in that way, please come to me and I will give you a discount on redoing it in a good way. Uh, but hmm. this is the thing. Uh, so theory of mind, there is a test called the NEPSI, the neuro, it's bullshit. So who don't cares? look it up. So, you so don't anyway, even care. There, there's this test called the NEPSI and there's a subsection about theory of mind. And there's questions like Bob and Julie went to the carnival. Bob goes to the tilt a whirl. Bob tells Julie he will go to the tilt a whirl, but then afterwards he goes to the merry go round. Julie is looking for Bob. Where would Julie look for Bob? And an autistic person in theory would say, well, she would go to the tilt world because that's where he is. But no, that's where like a two-year-old might think because two-year-olds don't quite have that ability to take other people's perspectives yet. But again, us as adults, we do. But this is the thing. The whole theory of mind test is based on exclusively diagnosing 
young cishet male children, mm. young white cishet male children. Imagine and that. It's and they they misattribute that to all autistic people. So they believe that we don't have the ability. My, my one of my supervisors back in the day, uh, when when she I, I told her that I was autistic, and she said. Uh, Warning, offensive language ahead. This is very offensive. I was offended, so please be offended with me. Yes, so okay. I said, so so I was doing uh, at the time, again, back in 2009, 2010, the same time as all this, uh, I was doing what I called an Aspie group because all of my kids in there yeah. were autistic. I'm autistic. I let them know that I'm autistic. They were happy with it. I was happy with it. We were cool. And uh, the supervisor I had at the time uh, said, uh, so Matt, what are you up to these days? And I said, oh, I've got my Aspie group going and I'm just saying, oh, Matt, you can't say that word. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you can't say that word. I was like, group? Yeah, it's like, no, the, the, the A word, Aspie. And I was like, but I'm Aspie myself. This is how I identify. This is my people. And she said, Matt, you can't call yourself that. That's like calling yourself a retard. So again, please be offended with me. So uh, yeah, that's when I see that coming. That's the moment I went deep, deep, deep into the neuro closet and did not come out to any other professional that I ever worked with, uh, even though I worked with other autistic professionals, but they didn't come out either. Now we work together on this uh, uh, global network that I've got. But uh, hi, Jessica. But but <laughs> but, so but uh, the yeah. whole theory of mind thing was like oh, a- so prerequisite like if you had right. theory of mind you weren't autistic if you didn't you were it was like a one for and, one and this is the thing because my supervisor assumed that because i was autistic i didn't have theory of mind and she says matt i think that uh, i think that you think that uh, something about this situation i was like well i think that you think that i think so I went all meta theory of mind on her mm -hmm. and she was like, it kind of shut her down real quick because again, I'm good at theory of mind because this is my jam. I'm, I'm a professional. I'm an adult. I can, I have empathy, but this leads into Milton's double empathy problem. Yay, that's what I was going to get to. Awesome. Same segue. Yeah. So, so, so Milton, uh, famous researcher, he, he realized that again, because neurotypical researchers were, had these incredible biases about like children and about autistic people, they would misattribute their observations of autistic people and say that the autistic people weren't able to have empathy for the neurotypical people because the neurotypical researchers didn't have empathy for the autistic people they were studying. And so, and so much of this comes down to privilege. So again, all these early studies are on uh, rich white boys comparatively. Exactly. And so there's different needs that you have when you don't have the intersectionality of being a woman, a person of color, a queer person. And so they were, they had the privilege to act in certain ways. So yes. there might have been correlation in the data, but there was not causation yeah. Um, they were just like, oh, these things are in common among these. Basically, what they were pointing out is what is this is what white privilege looks like in yeah. uh, pre-adolescence. Now we know. Yeah. 
And, and this is the thing that leads to all the biases. And so, so this is why neurotypical people assume that autistic people want to be alone forever, that we are incapable of relationships, that we don't want friends, that we can't ever empathize or be empathized with because we're so alien. But I, I think that Dan Harmon says it best later on in the interview where he says that uh, uh, you have a fairly large number of fans with Asperger's, what attracts you to that kind of character? And he says, I relate to them. Whether or not I actually have it, the shape of my personality, the condition that I'm in in my life, I relate to people who feel alienated. Mm. I relate to people who feel like they're somehow fundamentally cut off from people on a level that normal people take for granted. When I found out there was such a thing as that, I was like, I, want, I know how this feels. Looking at the world through plexiglass, hands up against it, not able to feel on a primal level what other people are feeling. Because again, as as, as the character grew, as he started to research all this, he realized that he wasn't the problem, that it was society, that it was all of this other like nonsense that came into it. Because again, we relate to each other just fine. We have conventions, we have D&D &D night. And again, there are two D&D centered episodes of Community, which take entire, they, they are entirely at a uh, the study room table, just going around looking at the people as they adventure and fight a dragon in the theater of the mind, directed by one of the Russo brothers. And they got an Emmy <laughs> for just having a D&D &D adventure. And it's it's fantastic because it's not about, you know, it, it was all about relationships. It was all about the intense bond that you feel with these characters because, again, friends, family, fictional characters. We identified with these characters. We wanted to be on Neil's side to get the Sword of Duquesne back from Pierce the Asshole. And it, 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 it's such a great and this is why community is named as it is, because these characters have a community. We want that community. It's appealing to autistic people because we all seek that kinship. We all seek that community that these characters have found. Yeah. And even even in the show. Uh, so the reason that Troy's character wildly deviates from the pilot to his final episode is because uh, my uh, Donald Glover, uh, number one, Donald Glover and Dan Harmon became great friends in real life. And Dan Glover, uh, uh, Dan, Dan, Glover, Dan Harmon, let Donald Glover and Danny Pudi for the, the show's in tag, just do whatever they wanted. And he said, you guys, and this is big because again, Dan Harmon is a perfectionist. He, he adheres to Dan Harmon's, uh, one of Dan Harmon's spins is uh, Joseph Campbell and the hero of a thousand faces and the monomyth, the archetype of the hero's mm -hmm. journey. So Bye -bye. he created he created his own story circle about the evolution of characters and how every single episode of Community and every single episode of Rick and Morty minus the Vindicators. That's a whole other story that we'll do on a Rick and Morty episode. Mm -hmm. uh, adhere to the story circle so that the characters always evolve and change throughout the episode. And there's always character development. And he couldn't turn in a script until that was achieved. Mm -hmm. So he was notorious for turning in scripts late. The Network hated him for what they perceived his lack of work ethic, but it was actually executive dysfunction. There's a whole thing about that. And Dan Harmon, if you're listening, please come on the show and talk about this because 
You're no stranger to podcasts. It'll be fun. We won't pathologize you. We will lift you up on our proverbial shoulders and carry you around or, or, or berate you. I don't know. Whatever you feel like. If you want us to shame you, we'll shame you. I don't know what your kink is. We'll get there. But well, it's, it's the thing. So, so every episode had this evolution. And so Troy's character went from jock. And also, uh, Don, Donald Glover and Danny Pudi became best friends in real life. They helped each other move. And so they developed this tight bond. They developed the Spanish rap. They, they just became trying Abed in the morning. See? And I think it, this is they, interesting because it's like a parallel of unmasking because it is, it in is. becoming like more of who that show is it when we become yes. more of who we are our personality changes in some yeah. ways i mean it's not really changing it's just we're unmasking but it's this discovery process of wait who am i and this show sort of discovers itself in the way and the characters discover themselves in the way a person with autism when they come to accept that they are autistic uh, becomes more of themselves. Exactly. And, and this is the thing about Donald Glover, because we really need to do an episode about him. Uh, because uh, he worked uh, on 30 Rock, which was helmed by famous autistic woman Tina Fey, for many years until Community. Uh, he was uh, a fan, due to a scene with uh, Spider-Man pajamas, fans championed him to take on the role of Spider-Man when they were casting the spectacular Spider-Man, which later went to Andrew Garfield. But because of this fan campaign, the character of Miles Morales was created. And the character of Miles Morales would not exist without Donald Glover, which is why in Spider-Man Homecoming, Donald Glover, now far older than Miles Morales could possibly be on screen, uh, uh, you know, canonically anyway, uh, Don Glover was cast as Miles' uncle, uh, Aaron Davis, the Prowler. So, uh, and in Across the Spider-Verse, yeah, Across the Spider-Verse, he was also in the movie as uh, as Aaron Davis again in the movie. So he got to meet Miles Morales, the character that he inspired. So Donald, oh, and for a while he was writing a Deadpool animated series, but they pulled the plug on it because they said it was, quote unquote, too black. Mm. which was quite unfortunate because Donald Glover is one of the most hilarious human beings on the planet. He is very, very versatile. His Deadpool scripts, he just wrote a Deadpool script in like 10 minutes. It was beautiful. Uh, Check out Atlanta. Check out his work as Childish Gambino. Definitely check out his work on Community and 30 Rock. I mean, it's all beautiful. Didn't he do something with Barry too? I feel like he did. The show Barry. Oh, the show Barry. He might have, but I so. haven't. Uh, I know of Barry, but I haven't followed it. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, there's some. I think there's some. We're gonna. I'm gonna do a whole Barry. Th- I gotta do a Henry Winkler thing, and so we're gonna oh, God, do yes. Barry Henry Winkler. Yeah, Chef's Kiss. They they have some Donald Glover connection. We are thrilled to announce the launch of the Autistic Culture Podcast Tea Public Store. Woohoo! You can now get t shirts, hoodies, mugs, and more featuring original designs related to autism and our show. 
Whether you want to showcase your autistic pride, spark conversations, or just share your love of the podcast, we've got some cool merch options for you. And guess what? Our paid subscribers on Substack get a special 10% off code for the store. If you subscribe to our newsletter at autisticculture.substack.com, you will get exclusive subscriber content plus a 10% discount code you could use at our Public merch store. Every purchase helps support our show. So if you want to proudly display your autism ally status and values, browse the store today and be sure to tag us on social media showing off your gear. We just want to say thanks to all of our listeners and our paid subscribers, especially for making this podcast possible. All of the money from our Tee Public store goes to pay our amazing staff. And we could not do this without your support. We hope you love the merchandise. I love it, Matt. I, I'm very excited about it. I can't wait for my mugs and magnets and stickers and uh, various pillows to show up because there's a certain source of pride that comes from having your quote on a pillow. So I'm excited. Find us at Tee Public or look for the link in the show notes. Um. Yeah. So did you know also the, I think that one of the D&D episodes also got pulled for... Oh, yes. Uh, the, and that that is the one that uh, was Emmy nominated because Chang, uh, Kim Jong, uh, shows up uh, with his face painted completely black black because he's a dro elf and you know they call out uh it surely says so are we going to address this hate crime and uh, of course it's not meant as black face it's black face paint because he's getting into character yes and and again because people who don't understand it and again everybody who worked on the show is like no you don't understand the point of this please don't be offended because it's not again uh the the uh, Kim Jong is like K- Korean in real life, but he's Chinese on the show. There's a joke made about that in the GI Jeff episode, but uh, yeah, it's again, community is extremely uh, self-aware and is extremely culturally sensitive to the point where they call this stuff out all the time. Because again, the part of the whole justice sensitivity part of our culture, because it's, it's especially for the day, especially for like 2009. Oh my God. It's so aware of these things, but yeah, it was, it's inappropriately pulled, but if you can find Mm. it, it's definitely on the DVD box set. Uh, You might be able to find it. If you go to a bay where you can find some pirates, yar, <laughs> you can find it. So it's yeah. uh, it, it's one of those things, and it is a beautiful episode. And and that's the thing about it because there's a lot of cultural representation. There's a lot of input from people of various backgrounds to make sure that things are as accurate as possible. There's an episode. There's an episode where uh, Abed is talking with his father again, uh, a, pal- a Gaza Palestinian, uh, who is very very. Uh, conservative from his own culture and Abed wants to be a, a screenwriter and uh, I, I believe that Abed's cousin came into this and, uh, and there was a whole story and it was very as an outsider I find it very touching but the the reviews online said oh my god I feel seen mm. So it's, it's wow. really, it's really, really great. And again, it's part of the community because 
all of the holiday episodes, I mean, they're they're straight up. Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas is a stop motion masterpiece. Uh, again, uh, you have to see the show. There's animated episodes. There's an anime episode about uh, pin, or about uh, foosball, and there's this stop motion episode that's uh, dedicated to Rankin Bass, uh, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, and it celebrates that Troy is a Jehovah's Witness, Shirley is a devout Christian, uh, Annie is Jewish. Uh, you know, everybody's backgrounds are represented, and it's it it takes into account these different things. But that's that's what makes us community. These differences, mm. appreciating these differences, and they're that's fantastic in that way because they love and accept each other despite well in favor of all of these unique aspects of themselves. For when it's Troy's birthday, they are fully aware that Jehovah's Witnesses cannot have birthdays. Yeah, right, so, right. so they, they sing to you without the rest of the song because you know they it there's just no mention singing. of happy birthday just they, they're just singing and they they give him a cake that says please enjoy this cake that is coincidentally imparted upon you on the uh, numeral uh, the, the numerological day of your birth and he's like oh thanks guys Aww. And there's a whole rap about uh, uh, him being a, a secret Jehovah Witness where he has to infiltrate Christmas and act like James Bond would uh, and uh, trick Santa into thinking that he's, you know, a believer. But then he goes so undercover that no one ever discovers he's undercover and he might just have to love Christmas for the rest of his life. And it's and again, uh, a Jehovah's Witness and a Muslim uh celebrating christmas together it's this is the kind of it sounds like the beginning of a joke (sighs) yeah and and that's the thing it's they all genuinely love each other they all these characters are full 3d people with with all of these wants and dreams and everything and this is where danny pudi's journey came in because uh danny pudi said this uh when, when asking about his how he prepared for abed because so this is the thing autistic fans of the show look at abed so I, I believe we've talked about the good doctor before and how good doctor is portrayed by that kid from charlie and the chocolate factory I can't remember his name mm-hmm and he's not autistic and his body language is off. His cadence and rhythm is mm. off. Danny Pudi nails the body language. He nails the looks. He nails the language. He nails all of this. And it's the most genuine representation of autism, like right. at the time. It's so, like when so we talked about when we talked about Wednesday, it's like you can clock it. Even if that, even if the actor doesn't know they're autistic, as yeah. if the more you become familiar with autistic culture, you can kind of clock those traits, whether the actual actor knows it or not. So uh, exactly. So this is what Danny Purdy said. Yes, is this it? about the character Abed? Ah, he said, I guess that's a good way of looking at it. I don't know if I ever specifically set out with that intention, but I believe part of that's true. I always thought he was full of emotions. He just didn't know how to display them or didn't know how to deal with that in certain situations. To me, Abed has always had a different approach to emotion than other people. His feelings were just more internalized than most. 
he understood the experience. He understood Abed. And when asked about how he relates to Abed, he says that uh, he doesn't get the movie references because he's not a movie person. When the writers come up with these things like, you have to do a Batman voice, he's like, well, what's that? Well, here's a clip. I Batman. So he, he learns on the spot how to mimic that because he's got echolalia. Ah. He learns on the spot how to adapt to the situation. He's like, well, this is Abed doing Michael Keaton doing this. So he's on the spot planning all of this stuff out. And in real life, it turns out that instead of being a movie person, he memorizes baseball facts. He's a rabid fan of his college basketball team, and he's a runner. And mm-hmm. uh, Do we and know any other we, autistic runners? <laughs> That's the thing. And uh, he is very, very private in his personal life. He and his wife uh, have very little media, social media presence. They homeschool their children, as one mm-hmm. does if, you know, mm-hmm. you this might not be way. neurotypical. <laughs> and I, I have been scouring the interwebs because of all this, because I've, I've said in the past that I can't find anything that specifically ties him to being this. But uh, uh, last night I found this. Uh, there was a single article, which we will link to in the show notes, that links to the mess of uh, the the GUI that is uh, HuffPost, because uh, I linked back to HuffPost to try to find the source of this article. But again, I got 404 errors all over the place. Even when you click on the Danny Pudi link to see all the Danny Pudi stories, the 404 error comes up despite just having come from a Danny Pudi story. So they're on there, they exist, but the mainframe is just botched so, so this is what this, we do now <laughs> this is what we do this this is from an article that i did not write so we will take this as the evidence that we have and we will link it to the show notes yes it says the actor danny pudi has been increasingly vocal about his asperger's diagnosis in recent years in a 2017 interview that we can't find with the huffington post Pudi said that he wasn't diagnosed until he was an adult, but that he has always known he was a little bit different. Pudi has said that he hopes his openness about his Asperger's will help remove the stigma attached to the condition. He also He's also spoken about how his Asperger's affects his work as an actor, saying he has to work a little bit harder to understand social cues on the set. Despite the challenges that come with Asperger's, Pudi said that he's grateful for the condition as it's helped him develop his unique perspective. Me too, Danny. So, so based on that, based on the fact that, again, he nails the accent, he nails the mannerisms. There, there's, there's episodes, if you haven't seen the show, uh, Troy and Abed move in together because they're best friends and this is what best friends do. They move in in what was filmed as episode 303 their apartment episode, their apartment number is 303 but the network shuffled around the order so they had to add a dialogue over that because it was aired as 304 uh, so uh, Annie says it was a 303 or 304 I can't remember because again a meta reference to the airing of the episode because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a meta reference to this and it's the ultimate expression because it's an episode about the multiverse uh 
in community in 2011, uh, where uh, they they accidentally create seven alternate universes, all of which Abed is essential, all uh, one of which Jeff isn't, and it's it's a whole thing, and they create an alternate. So anyway, a long story short, they have an apartment with two bedrooms. Uh, Troy and Abed have one bedroom. The other bedroom is the Dreamatorium. The Dreamatorium is essentially the holodeck from Star Trek The Next ah. Generation, where they where they go in and they have space battles and they they have all these wonderful imagination things because we have intense imagination and this this acting and going all the way on such things. This is the way. Our friends, family, fictional characters. Uh, when Annie moves in with them, rather than give up the dreamatorium, they give her their bedroom and they just live in a blanket fort. There are at least three episodes about a blanket fort, one two-parter, a very uh, Ken Burns-esque about the Civil War. Nice. Well, well, well done. Uh, but this is the thing. Danny understands this and portrays it so well and so accurately without a hint of pity. He does not want to be neurotypical. He does not care about whether or not people diagnose him, don't diagnose him. He's more than a medical condition. Mm. That's his identity. This is part of his culture. And this is why he is a champion of the autistic culture. This is why Abed is a fantastic role model. This is why this show is fantastic for us as a people, because it's, it doesn't change it into a medical thing. It doesn't say, oh, you poor people with no social skills. This is just the, the raw passion, the raw imagination, the raw empathy that we have for us and it, it's it's fantastic and i love all of this it's you, so cool do you i have a thing when i know there's going to be some sort of autism reference on tv like love on the spectrum as an oh, example yeah. or i just watched an episode of welcome to wrexham the tv show and there was an autism episode and people tell me, they must do this to you too. I'll start getting like text messages like, oh, there's an autism episode or have you, oh, so yeah. many people have messaged me. Have you seen Love on the Spectrum? Like Love on the Spectrum. Do you get like the full body sense of dread that I get that it's like, oh, it's yes. maybe it'll be good. It's probably not going to be good. And so yeah, the, yeah. The, the Welcome to Wrexham episode, I literally, this is all I heard was like the first two notes of sad music in a minor key. Oh, God. A autistic child running on a beach. I don't know the child is autistic. I just see happy child running on the beach. But then I hear the minor key. And I'm like, oh, no, no. And there's all yeah. these scenes in Love on the Spectrum where, like, they'll look at the parent's face and they'll play the minor key music. Yeah. Like, oh, they have hope for their poor child with autism. Maybe someday they'll find a cure. Until yeah. then, we can only hope that they will find happiness in their pitiful lives. And that's so that's the thing about Love on the Spectrum. In England, it was originally titled Undateables. Ah! Yeah. No, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. Because again, these poor autistic, these, sorry, phrasing, these poor people with autism will never, ever, ever lead normal lives and never have fulfilling relationships. Will they ever find love? 
Yeah. And it's always the neurotypical gaze because it doesn't say, hey, check out this guy's awesome uh, cane collection. Right. It, check out this guy's awesome train collection. Check out this girl's awesome stamp collection. Right. It's always, again, walking down the street with sad music or the baby elephant dance and saying, oh, look at, oh, even, like, so this is the baby elephant dance. To, to, to put this in perspective, uh, Compare Abed on Community versus Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory, mm, right? Yes. Abed on that. Community. Abed on Community is a major protagonist. All of his friends love him. He has a, a life. He delivered a baby. It, even when he wasn't the protagonist of an episode of a show, he had background scenes where he got into a fight with somebody. He uh, uh, helped this woman give birth. He he kind of helped raise the child. It It's in the background. And if you watch for it, it's there. But it was a Jeff episode and Abed was still the star of the show. So it's it's a uniquely autistic centered celebrating autistic culture, celebrating autistic heritage, celebrating the autistic mindset. Whereas Big Bang Theory, it's a laugh track constantly. The punchline is always autism. Right. For instance, like Sheldon says, I need my spot. <laughs> no, seriously, I need my spot because of this variable, this variable, this variable, this variable. <laughs> Sheldon, I can't believe you can't give up your spot. <laughs> Owie. It's owie. It's like maybe it we is. just wanted that fucking seat. Why do we, can we exactly. talk about anything else? Yeah. And again, Sheldon has difficulty relating to other people other than Amy Farrah Fowler, who is portrayed by Mayan Bialik, who doesn't know that she's autistic in real life, despite being a neuroscientist. Boy, internalized ableism on that part. Yeah. But but that's the thing. It's it, it's such a neurotypical gaze show. And it's it's one of those. Th and again, there's a lot of people who watch Big Bang Theory in order to relate to their poor children with autism, because, again, you know, Sheldon is a successful physicist. He's got several PhDs. He's got things that neurotypicals consider to be successful. He's got an apartment. He's got a relationship. They consider that successful. Yeah, they but they they still don't understand you know, what makes him who he is and they don't appreciate him as a, he's not Whole a three human. dimensional human being. Yeah, exactly. Abed is. Right. Abed, Abed has hopes and fears and complex relationships with his family, complex relationship with his friends. He wants to do good by his friends. He wants to help them. Sometimes he doesn't understand them because as he sings, uh, uh, he, he loves musicals because characters sing what they mean instead of making a face. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... It, Everything that he's in is just delightful. There's not a single episode of Community, except for season four. So so let's, let's talk about this, because if you're watching throughout Community, uh, there, you'll come to season four, because uh, at the end of season three, Pierce Hawthorne is the heir to Hawthorne personal wipes, just like Chevy Chase is actually heir to, I believe, like a toilet paper fortune. Okay. Uh, Chevy Chevy Chase legit. The, they Chevy based, Chase's character yeah. on the show. Yeah. Right, Chevy okay. Chase's character on the show is based on Chevy Chase in real life at this point. Oh, okay. And Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase is a bit of a racist. He's a he's a not a great person. He's argumentative. And at first, Dan Harmon again saw himself as an asshole because he never got along with neurotypical people. But again, as the show went on, he realized, oh. 
I'm just autistic and traumatized. But again, he still identifies as an asshole, blames himself for everything, has a lot of internalized ableism, has a lot of trauma, drinks a lot, you know, all that stuff. So anyway, uh, so anyway, there's this episode where Pierce's racist, racist father to the point where he shaved his head to have an ivory toupee because he is the pinnacle of colonialism and racism and everything that's bad dies. And he he leaves it to uh, either Pierce, his biological son uh, that he claims, or Giancarlo Esposito, his bastard son that he does not claim. Ah. So they they have to play a video game. And whoever wins the video game gets the entire Hawthorne fortune. And they throughout the video game again it's a it's a a, a pixel animated episode uh it's because again this is community it appeals to our people and it's this heartbreaking thing about pierce confronting his father realizing that his brother Giancarlo esposito took care of the old man his entire life was very racially beaten and uh, you know just traumatized his entire life and he deserves it and it's very heartwarming to see Giancarlo Esposito play a good guy even though he's framed as a bad guy through a lot of it because mm. he's antagonistic against Pierce but anyway at the end of the episode uh, Abed was supposed to have reprogrammed the game so that the digital version of Pierce's father wanted to play catch with him so that Abed programmed a good father for Pierce so he could heal Chevy Chase refused to film this what? and he just walked off the set what and yeah so this because again this is Dan Harmon's magnum opus the end of season three he the whole season was building to this emotional catharsis he took some issue with this because again, they were left without an ending. They have to, they had to sort of cobble together something about Abed having a digital girlfriend and making a digital girlfriend. Fun fact, uh, Abed later gets a girlfriend in the form of Brie Larson. Brie ah, Larson, autistic magnuses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, she shows up and she's his girlfriend. So of course she is. It's great. Uh, but, 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 uh, so Chevy Chase walked off the set. Uh, he said, boy, Chevy at the rap party, he said, boy, Chevy Chase is quite the asshole, isn't he? Et cetera, et cetera. Chevy Chase got wind of this, left a horrible diatribe voicemail on Dan Harmon's voicemail. Dan Harmon played it at his podcast for the entire world to hear. Chevy Chase got Dan Harmon fired because at the time, Chevy Chase was a bigger pull for NBC than Dan what? Harmon. So because of this feud, Dan Harmon was fired from Community, his baby. No. So they, uh, for a year, he uh, had no job. He, that's when the Harmon Town documentary takes place, which, again, I recommend that you all view. You might be able to watch it on YouTube for free. It's incredibly autistic. So, but they hired neurotypical showrunners to try to replicate that magic. And the entire year feels off. For instance, yeah. they go to an Inspector Spacetime convention, and Richard Ayoade was supposed to star in this show as Abed's online friend, but they didn't. They weren't able to do this. And Matt, oh man, I can't. Nardole from uh, uh, Doctor Who. What's his last name? Matt, oh, Matt something Smith? or other. No, 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 no. no Nardole, the the bald dude. Uh, Peter Capaldi's uh, friend. The, the, the year that uh, Peter Capaldi and Bill and Nardole, uh, I can't remember his last name. But anyway, uh, he shows up as uh, Abed's it, online Lucas, friend. It's the guy from Matt Baywatch. Lucas. 
Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so he shows up as Abed's online friend from Nigeria, no less. And uh, Abed says, yeah, my friend will be here. He's a guy from Nigeria who requested a lot of money for a plane ticket. And he says that he'll reimburse me with a check when he gets here. And they're like, really, Abed? And of course, he, Matt Lucas shows up from Nigeria and says, oh, yes, here's a, a, a cashier's check. I'm, I'm so glad you loaned me the money. And so this oh, episode... My God. So this episode, uh, number one, they, they kind of botched a lot of stuff about culture, uh, about nerd culture, about autistic culture. But the one thing that is notable about this episode, it's the first time I ever heard the word neurotypical. Oh, because Matt Lucas at one point tells Abed, they don't get you. None of these people understand you. They're all neurotypical. We are not. And it's fascinating because he, this is, he, Matt Lucas wants Abed to choose him over Troy. Mm. And the, Abed makes a choice. He says, no, Troy is my friend, regardless of his neurotype. I, I am Troy's friend and he is my friend. And it's, it's one of those things because even without the showrunner's awareness, they introduced this aspect of community because uh, you know, we we are often drawn to our own neurotype. We are understood by our own neurotype, but we can be friends with people of other neurotypes who understand us because that's what makes our community. But uh, but again, I'd never heard the word neurotypical before that, and that's what led me into research about the labels neurotypical, alistic. And all the alternatives to being Aspie and autistic. And it really, really changed my understanding of the way that the world works. Mm. We love sharing stories of autistic culture. And if you are seeing yourself in any of these stories and you're wondering if maybe you're one of us or maybe you're already diagnosed or self-diagnosed and you want to know if Matt can help you live your life better and be more authentically autistic, check out his website at mattlowerylpp.com. That's Matt, M-A-T-T, Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y. And then that LPP, it stands for Licensed Psychological Practitioner. So head on over to mattlowrylpp.com and learn more about working with my buddy, Matt. So, so anyway, the ratings yeah. crashed and burned, uh, during this time, uh, Chevy Chase, uh, while Donald Glover was around, uh, kept using the N-word. What? Yes. Wait, yeah. Chevy Chase is an asshole? I had yeah. no idea. Oh, oh I remember. Uh, uh, do you remember on Saturday Night Live, the Bee skit? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, John Belushi, uh, uh, once, uh, no, 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 Bill Murray once got into a fist fight with Chevy Chase behind the scenes of Saturday Night Live and they had to put makeup on him. So when Saturday, when Chevy Chase left Saturday Night Live and Bill Murray replaced him, Chevy Chase came back to host and Bill Murray got into a fist fight with, uh, Chevy Chase because Chevy Chase was a giant asshole. And if you go back and watch the episode, you can see the moment that they got into the fist fight. But, but again, Chevy Chase likes to use the N-word a lot. And because Dan Harmon wasn't around, he decided to take that opportunity to do this. And that was a big influence in Donald Glover's decision to do a black-centered show, Atlanta, because he was like, 
I don't know if I can continue working for these people who are going to continue to mistreat me. I need to go off and do my own thing. Wow. So, and that's why so, I'm here at the Autistic Culture Podcast, Matt. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Sometimes so, you just got to be with your people. Exactly. There, and so, so prior to this, there was a documentary episode where Pierce like Chevy Chase is being an asshole and Pierce pretends to be dying and pretends to give everybody what they want. And he knows that, uh, Troy Donald Glover's character is a big fan of LeVar Burton. So he somehow gets LeVar Burton to actually show up and talk to Troy, but Troy has perception sensitivity. He's afraid of being rejected by LeVar Burton. So every time LeVar Burton says, hi, I'm LeVar Burton. Uh, I hear you're a fan. Troy just, is shock and terror and paralyzed and can't move, can't speak, and just runs to the bathroom screaming and crying, butterflies in the sky, <laughs> and is sent phasers to love me. And I told Pierce, I only wanted a picture. You can't disappoint a picture. And, and so anyway, he he really, really wanted... He loves LeVar Burton. So for when uh, Donald Glover says he was leaving the show, he left halfway through season five. They brought uh, Dan Harmon back for season five and fired Chevy Chase. They killed off Chevy Chase's character. He can never return. Legally, he wasn't allowed back on set. So Wow. Uh, you were scene... about Arch Nemesis. I didn't know where. That... I missed that whole story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chevy Chase is a terrible, terrible person. Okay. Uh, so so he, he wasn't allowed back on set. They filmed one scene on a, a green screen with Pierce as a hologram where he was legally required to apologize for his misdeeds, ending his character arc on the show. But when Donald Glover decided to leave to do his own things, uh, to be Childish Gambino, to do Atlanta, to do uh-huh. you know all, all the things to make him feel free, uh, his send-off was that uh, Pierce left him his entire fortune uh, on the condition that he travel around the world to find himself and be his own man. Lovely. Just like Donald Glover left to find himself and be his own man. And oh. one of the conditions of that is that LeVar Burton was his co-captain. So the episode ends with Troy and LeVar Burton literally sailing off into the sunset so that Troy can find himself because Dan Harmon respects Donald Glover so much and he refused to do a community movie unless Donald Glover wanted to and now Donald Glover is at a place in his life and in his career where he says yeah I'd like to play with those because again he's he he kept in touch with all the cast members and Dan Harmon he just wanted to do his own thing and be his own man as one does totally respect so we come full circle to six seasons and a movie because now (laughs) Donald Glover says yeah I'd like to do a movie with these guys they during the pandemic they did a table read of the episode of Troy's final episode and well, the, the 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 episode before Troy's final episode, where they were, where Troy was bequeathed the fortune, and uh, he says, "I miss, I miss doing this. I miss being with these guys. I want to do it again." So now, mm. now that Donald Glover gave the go ahead, Dan Harmon started writing the script. They started making plans. They started, you know, uh, doing the budget, and now it will be shooting sometime this year, whenever everybody is free. So. This Love this it. is a big thing about us finding ourselves, finding who we are, finding our community. This show represents the best autistic culture has to offer. Hmm. And uh, I, I recommend that you binge it because otherwise you won't get the Beetlejuice reference. Uh, in season <laughs> one, they mentioned Beetlejuice. In season two, they mentioned Beetlejuice. In season three, they mentioned Beetlejuice. And then he walks by. Ah, 
Listen, I recommend you binge it because that's how we roll. Yeah. This is the way. We this do is the love way. a little binging. I have several shows right now that are in the hopper that I have to wait because I cannot watch any TV shows until all all, all you ideally all seasons and all episodes, but at least all episodes from the season are available. Yeah. But if you would like to binge community, uh, there are six seasons catch up before the movie comes out and they are all there. So it is bingeable and ready for you. And be be aware that uh, they refer to season four as the gas leak year because the characters weren't written properly and did things that are out of character. Also, keep in mind that Jeff Winger, uh, Joel McHale's character, was fully intended to be a son of Bill Murray's character from Stripes and that Dan Harmon really, really wanted to get Bill Murray, Chevy Chase's arch nemesis, before Dan Harmon to come on the show to play Jeff's father. But again, the season four showrunners didn't know that plan, didn't follow the plan. So it's not necessarily canon according to Dan Harmon. So mm-hmm. season four, not necessarily can- canon. Watch Good. that at 1.5 speed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so get through it so you can get to season five where everything's back on track. So, Yay. uh, yeah, but, but go check it out. Uh, but on that note, so Angela, what was your favorite part about being autistic this week? Oh my God, I have such a good one. It's going to sound so little, but it feels so big even at 50. I made a new friend. You made a new friend. I did, and it was so fun. So I um, am moving to England, and so I reached out. There's a lot of great um, autism did communities. You get, did you get Russell T. Going. Davis? No, but where she's she's gonna she's gonna help. I believe in this because okay, okay. she is from my town, but she moved there from Wales. So I get like that's the whole key because I can see I can see Cardiff from my house, and the key is I need someone to go to Cardiff with me and sit in the cafes where he is known to be. So I have found my sidekick. I am very excited. Her name is Anne. We met for the first time on Zoom and we got to show each other our museums and all our special interests. And she's an artist and she's a writer. And I love helping people, autistic people, especially write their books. Um, I just wrapped a book with Becca uh, Laurie Hector from oh, A&E. Yes. And, oh, she's good. Oh my God, it's so good. I can't wait for that one to come out. I'm working with Kelly. Ali Mahler. So, um, and then my new friend is also a writer and an artist. And then we talked about all my new safe foods that I have to find. So I got the rundown on that. You need a biscuit tin. You know, uh, yeah, oh, the, yes, exactly. We reviewed all of the available chocolates and their various textures, and um, it's so fun to make a friend like knowing they're autistic, you're autistic. There's not an unmasking process, it was so easy, it was so fast, it went so deep right away. There is no small talk, it was amazing. And this so, is the way, and, yeah. I really do have to say, like, making autistic friends, it's just a game changer, especially when somebody is aware of their diagnosis, they've been doing work, they, I think, um, and got her diagnosis like seven years ago. So like, yeah, very, it was, it's, it's just a game changer. And having that 
um, social social model of autism, what we call autistic culture. It's so fun to like share things. It's like I'm moving somewhere and there are people from my culture there. So there are it autistic is. people everywhere. That That is beautiful. That is fantastic. Uh, congratulations. I will. I will and, cheers yeah. you with my square water. How I, am I, I going to get, they better have square water in England. Do I have to send over it, crates of square water? My, my son loves the square water bottles. We get the square water. Square water just tastes better because it's in a square. It does. The molecules are square. I'm, I, I am holding my, and it doesn't, this is the thing. It's water in a crinkly bottle. I can't drink that shit. It goes near your air. Listen to this. No noise right near the microphone. No crinkle, crinkle. It's smooth. I could rub it on my face. Fiji water. I like I like it. I like it. Anyway, okay, that was my ad for Fiji water. Fiji water. If you would like to sponsor this show, Dino Nuggets, we would like sponsors. We have McDonald's. We will feature your chicken nuggets and fries. Call us. You know we'll, our number. We'll, we'll eat chicken and fries while we're talking. We Pay will. Us. Yeah, yes, just exactly. Yeah, call, call us, uh, Dan Harmon, if you're there, Danny Pudi, if you're there, if you, if someone has forwarded this podcast to you, if you're just an avid listener of the podcast, please come on. We'd love to have you. Uh, we we will again either celebrate you or berate you in a harsh manner, whichever kink you like. Per your request. Yeah, We're yeah. Just flexible. tell us. Just tell us what you like ahead of time. We'll fulfill it. We want you we here. You. We we value you. So. Uh, yeah. uh, Thanks, you guys, for all your comments, for uh, struggling through how to use Substack and find us. You go to AuticCulturePodcast.com. Then it's going to give you like a gate. We're not pro gatekeeping. It's just how Substack works, and it's a really neat place to put all our stuff, meaning neat and tidy, not necessarily cool. I hear they also let Nazis on there. We don't necessarily like that. Uh, Not big Nazi fans. we, We keep out the Nazis. Yeah. So um, what we liked about Substack is they distribute our podcast and they let us put all of our content there. We've got some great guest blog posts you can find now. Autistic Anne, shout out to you, um, our first guest blog poster. So if you want to share with us, the instructions are there. Uh, You guys have been great at giving us uh, show ideas. I think we've got like 30 in the hopper right now. Uh, Keep your ideas is coming. We have Q&A calls with Matt and I. If you want to meet us, maybe we could be your friends too. We do live calls for our paid members. Um, and so uh, we would love to hear from you. We got one coming up really soon. If you join us, it's eight bucks a month. That goes to pay our autistic staff uh, that help us keep this place running on time. Um, and then you get to meet us and be in our secret book club. So We hope to see you on the other side of the gateway. So that's what I got. Join us, won't you? Join us, won't you? Anyway, or don't. We're the podcast will always be free. No pressure to pay. Capitalism is weird. We don't get it either. Just have bills to pay. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week on the Autistic Culture Podcast. Ciao. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Autistic Culture Podcast. If you like this show, you can help other people find it by taking a few minutes to rate and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. 
You can find out more about writing your book with me at differencepress.com. That's difference, D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E, press, P-R-E-S-S.com. Or getting a psychological evaluation or consult with me at www.mattlowrylpp.com. That's M-A-T-T, Matt Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y, L-P-P, as in Licensed Psychological Practitioner.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, no one ever changed the world by being like everyone else. Special thanks to our content manager, River Robbins, and Aaron Stoner, our producer for making us look and sound good. Thank you.